Personal problems, uh, tonight we're going to look at unanswered prayer. And it's going to be a topical message. I'm uh, not taking a passage and expounding it, but we're going to look at different passages of Scripture. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for a good Lord's Day, for a wonderful morning, the gathering of the saints, for a baptismal service. Thank you for sending new members also and for new converts, for people who have become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you that we as disciples of Jesus can continue to learn and grow under the teaching of Scripture. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Also this evening as we hear the word, give us understanding minds, understanding hearts, and guide our feet in the way of righteousness. Amen. So God is the hearer of prayer, says uh, Psalm 65. And because he's the hearer of prayer, and the, the one who answers prayer, the normal pattern of the Lord is to give exactly what we ask. So if you ask for bread, he won't give you a stone. If you ask for fish, then he won't give you a serpent. He'll give you bread because that is what you asked for. And sometimes God answers very quickly. As we learn from Luke chapter 18, verse 7 and 8, will God delay long over them? No, he will hear quickly when his elect cry to him day and night. Sometimes he answers even before we pray, as Isaiah 65, 24 teaches us. And sometimes he gives us more than we ask for. He can do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, says Ephesians 3.20. But sometimes God says no. So in a sense, it's not really unanswered prayer, it's an answer. Sometimes God does say no. For instance, you pray for uh, the healing of a loved one and the person doesn't get healed, the person dies. Or sometimes you pray for money um, and God says no. Or sometimes you pray for a job and God says no. Or whatever the case may be. I, I experienced that once and I was very disappointed. I was a student and I needed 20 rand for some student project and I asked the Lord for it. I didn't have the money. And I begged the Lord, please provide the 20 rand and God did not provide it. And in hindsight, I now know why he didn't provide it. It was one of these reasons I'm going to give you why the Lord said no to that prayer request. And sometimes it feels to us as if the Lord doesn't even answer at all. It feels like He doesn't hear you. It feels like your prayers just hit the ceiling. And what makes it worse is if this continues for a long time and you don't know why. Why doesn't the Lord answer my prayers? Why doesn't He hear? Uh, as the psalmists sometimes do, they say, Lord, how long? How long will this continue? When will you answer? So what does the Bible teach? Why does God sometimes say no? I'm going to give you 15 reasons. First reason while, why there is no answer to prayer is because you don't pray at all. You are prayerless. For instance, Michelle, just a, a story and the name I chose. It's not a real person. Michelle and her son, they are constantly fighting with each other. What she wants is she wants her son to respect her, her and what he wants, he just wants a mother that understands him. And not one of them get what they want and the reason... Well, James chapter 4 verse 2 gives you the reason. 
You desire and you do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. So instead of asking the Lord for what they want, they fight to get what they want. And, and it's, a, it's a fact. It's a fact that 100% of the prayers that aren't prayed will remain unanswered. So if you want to receive, ask. And don't be prayerless. Don't be prayerless and then you're shocked. Why didn't the Lord answer? Well, He didn't answer because you didn't ask. Second reason. You are busy sinning. You are busy with sin. You keep yourself busy with sin. So for instance, let's say Martin and Kate, everything's just going wrong for them. They haven't got a job, they can't have children, and their relationship is a mess. And so they plead with the Lord. They pray, please, Lord, provide a job. Please, will you give us a child? Please, will you help our relationship to work out? But it's like heaven is silent. Why? Because they're not married. They're living together in sexual sin. God will not answer you if you keep yourself busy with sin. Psalm 66, 18, if I, have cherished, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Or Isaiah 1, verse 15, they pray and they do not understand why God doesn't hear. And he says, I won't hear. Your hands are full of blood. Or Isaiah 58, verse 1 to 4, they delight in fasting. They delight in seeking God. And seeking him often. And they say, why don't you hear? Why don't you see when we fast? And he says, this is why. Because you fast, but then you seek your own pleasure. You oppress your workers. You fast only to quarrel. You fight. You hit with a wicked fist. And you think that's going to be answered? Well, Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. So is the Lord's hand shortened that he cannot help? Is his uh, ear dull that he cannot hear? No, of course not. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Or Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 16. Where the Lord says to the prophet. As for you do not pray for this people. Don't lift up a cry or pray for them. Do not intercede for them. I will not hear you. Why? You just read the context and you see how wicked they were. How evil they were. So they want to live in sin and continue in sin. And then they expect God will hear prayers prayed on their behalf. Or in the book of Micah, chapter 4, or chapter 3, verse 4. Then they will cry to the Lord, but He will not answer them. They will, he will hide His face from them at that time, because they have made their deeds evil. So test yourself. Are you cherishing sin in your heart, sin in your life? Is there something that's bothering your conscience? It's nagging at you. The Lord has spoken to you about this, but you will not let go of this sin. Well, then God will not answer your prayers. He will not hear the only prayer the Lord wants to hear from you now is that you confess your sin, that you repent of your sin. And then when you do so, be sincere. Make it sincere. Don't be false in your repentance like the Israelites were in Psalm 78. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented. They sought God earnestly. They remembered God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. And then I think we should actually be thankful that the Lord says no to such prayers. Because if God had said yes to those prayers while you're living in sin, you would have thought, he doesn't mind your sin. He's fine. And you would have continued in the sin and 
and in the end you'd go to hell. Third reason why God doesn't answer, you are busy fighting with other people. You're fighting with others. Uh, I remember once a woman was shouting at her children and she went uh, off on them and kept on raising her voice and <coughs> I started to get irritated. I didn't say anything, but I thought, in my mind, I thought, just shut up. I didn't say it. For the next three days, I struggled to pray and I couldn't understand why. It's like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. I don't understand. And eventually it dawned on me. I asked the Lord, please show me. Please show me what is wrong. And that came to mind when I became irritated with that woman. And I confessed my sin and asked the Lord's forgiveness. And immediately I could pray. It's like my prayers were getting through. So that's what the Bible teaches, especially in marriage also. 1 Peter 3 verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So if you have to apply that to marriage, but it can go for any, for any relationship, if you're fighting with other people, well, your prayers will be hindered. God will not answer you. So uh, ask the question to yourself. Perhaps your prayers are hindered at this moment. Ask yourself the question, are you busy fighting with others, especially in marriage? And if so, sort that out first before the Lord will answer your prayers, will hear your prayers. Fourth reason, there is unforgiveness in your heart. There is unforgiveness in your heart. And that really goes with the previous one. So the Lord won't answer you if you're bitter toward others, if you refuse to forgive. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So why do you want to hold on? Why do you want to hold fast to things that happened five years ago and ten years and twenty years ago? I know of two pastors who refused to talk to one another for more than 15 years. How do you minister? I recently heard of a woman, she's angry at her pastor, and she's got bitterness in her heart because the pastor didn't pay her son. She says he owes her son money for doing a job, where the truth is, the man never completed the job. He was so lazy and refused to even pitch for work. You know, stood around for a bit and then didn't come back. Why do you want to bear a grudge if that's just going to poison your relationship with the Lord? Why not rather do with what Jesus teaches us when you stand praying and remember you have something against someone? Forgive. Mark 11 verse 25. Leave your offer at the altar. Be reconciled. Go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So far... If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. So do everything in your power to be at peace with others. Pursue peace. We learn from Hebrews 12, 14 and 1 Peter 3, 11. Reason number five, why prayers remain unanswered. You have little faith. You have little faith. So you know, I don't mean the prosperity gospel kind of teaching. With the prosperity gospel... Their typical answer if someone's not healed in answer to their prayers is, oh, you didn't have enough faith. Now, that's not what, what the Bible teaches about faith. Uh, faith in Scripture doesn't focus on self. It focuses on God. In other words, we don't believe in our faith. 
We believe in the Almighty God. We believe that God is Almighty, that God is faithful, God is true to do what He has promised. Like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, uh, when we pray, we should believe. Or Mark 11, you should believe. You should have faith. Not faith in your, in your own prayer, but faith in the God to whom you pray. His words hidden in your heart. You abide in Him and His words abide in you and you will ask whatever you want. So it's a prayer according to the Word. You believe the Word. You have faith in the Word. You have faith in the promises of God. But if you doubt God, if you think, oh, the Lord can't answer, the Lord doesn't have power, God is not good, and anything of the sort, well, then God won't answer your prayer. James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. It gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Or to use the words of Andrew Murray, um, we view prayer as religious work without expecting an answer. That's what often happens. And then, well, you will not have an answer. Are you like that? Do you pray that way? You know, you, you pray, you ask for something, and then you start making your own plans just for in case the Lord doesn't come through for you. Or you pray, and then you tell yourself and you tell others, it's impossible that this situation will change. And, and besides, why will, why will the Lord help me if He's already decided what He's going to do? I don't even know why I prayed in the first place. You shouldn't expect an answer then. Another reason, number six, is uh, for unanswered prayers, you, you are praying selfishly. Your prayers are selfish. So let's take this father, a dad. He's a loving father. Do you think that dad will give his child money if the child asks for money because he's planning to run away from home, to get a bus ticket to escape from home? Of course not. And in the same way, we can ask, will the Lord give you something if he knows you're just asking this for your own pleasure, not to his glory, and it's going to be detrimental to your relationship with him. It's not going to help your relationship to him. Of course he's not going to give that. James 4 verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your lusts or your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it's to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he made, he has made to dwell in us. So uh, ask yourself the question, ask yourself, why are you praying for a marriage partner? Why do you want a husband? Why do you want a wife? Why are you praying for a car? Why are you praying for a house or for money or for promotion at work? Is it because you want a name for yourself? Is it because you want to look better than other people or be better than someone else or anything of that kind? In other words, a selfish motive. Or are you praying for this because you want to honor God, you want to take care of your family, you want to serve others? Be honest. Be honest and open with the Lord concerning your motives. And if, if, it's, really, if it's really about God's honor, well, when the answer comes, it's going to help your relationship with the Lord and not hinder it. It's going to draw you closer to God and not push you further away from God. Number seven, reason seven why prayers are not answered. 
why it remains unanswered is because you're not ignoring the poor. So it's like the rich man and Lazarus. Here's the rich man having feasts every day, enjoying a feast. And here's poor Lazarus. He just wants even the crumbs that falls from the rich man's table. And the rich man, well, he doesn't really care. And he doesn't give anything. Not even the scraps to Lazarus. And in the end, both of them die. The rich man is in hell. And Lazarus is in heaven. And when he's in heaven, the rich man now suddenly looks from hell and he says, I wish I can have help. Please, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Just dip his finger in water and and cool my tongue. I'm suffering in this flame. And Abraham says, no. You ignored the poor. You ignored the poor. Now you're crying out for help. Why should your prayer be answered? And that also goes for prayer. Why should God answer your prayer if you just ignore the cry of the poor when they call out for help? Why should the Lord help you? Proverbs 21 verse 13. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. So who's the poor person that the Lord wants you to help? Is it a poor family member? Is it a fellow believer? The Lord wants you to help them? Now, I'm not saying that you should give money to the poor if they use it on drugs or on alcohol or to feed their bad habits of laziness. But if there's real need, genuine need, then you should help. And if you do so, the Lord will answer your prayers. Reason number eight why prayers are not answered is because you harden yourself against God's word. So here's a child who's constantly naughty, always disobedient, and the father warns him and speaks to him again and again. He doesn't obey, and eventually the dad takes him by the hand and takes him to a private room for a spanking. And suddenly the child, no, 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 now I'll obey. Now I'll obey. I promise I won't be naughty anymore. But it doesn't help because... The father knows he's not really uh, he's not really sorry for his sin. He, he just wants to get out of this and not get a hiding, not get a spanking. And in the same way, there comes a point where it doesn't help that you pray anymore. It doesn't help. And I'm not talking about someone who's really sorry for their sin. They've sinned against God. Or, you know, someone who, who wants to turn away. I'm talking about someone who... They just want to pray quickly because they don't want to be in trouble anymore. And it's that kind of person. God will not answer them. Like the Israelites, they wanted a king. We want a king. We want a king. Samuel warns them. He says, this is the kind of king you're going to get. This is what the king will do. He's going to treat you as his slaves. And they say, we don't care. We still want a king. And Samuel says, 1 Samuel 8, 18. In that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. Or like King Saul himself. He rejected God's word continually. 1 Samuel 13, 13, he did not obey the voice of the Lord. 1 Samuel 15, he was disobedient to God's command. He would not listen to the command of the Lord. And then he goes and he kills, he slaughters 85 priests in 1 Samuel 22. And they're supposed to be those who also teach the word. But he slaughters them. And eventually when he wants help, 1 Samuel 14, 37, and then toward the end of his life, 1 Samuel 28, verse 6, God did not answer Saul when he called out. Or the book of Proverbs again, chapter 1, verse 28. The context there is about someone who's constantly warned 
um, not to sin. In verse 24, I called, you refused to listen. I stretched out my hand, no one has heeded. You ignored all my counsel, wouldn't have my reproof. And eventually God judges them and they call out then, verse 28, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Proverbs 28, verse 9. <coughs> if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Zechariah 7, same kind of thing. You read of the Israelites who were disobedient, lived in wickedness, lived in sin, and eventually God spoke to them, spoke to them, spoke to them through the prophets. They would not heed, they would not listen. Uh, I sent my spirit, or sent by the spirit through the form of prophets. God sent his words. Therefore, great anger came on them. Verse 13, I called as I called and they would not hear. So they called and I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. And it's of that kind of person. It does not even help you pray for them. And it's not necessary to pray for them. Uh, verse 16 of 1 John 5, second part, there's a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. Now, that, it's not speaking of a single act of sin. What it's speaking of is someone, and it's not even speaking of someone who's got an habitual sin that he hates and he fights against. It's speaking of someone who constantly hears the word of God, continually hears the word of God, but he hardens himself against it, and he will not listen. And it's of that kind of person that God says, I close my heart to you. I will not hear your prayers. So it's true to say that God's patience is great, but nowhere does the Bible say that God's patience is infinite. Number nine, reason number nine for unanswered prayer is you are praying outside of God's will. So let's take Natalie. Natalie is a Christian and she desperately pleads with the Lord, please, Lord, let James marry me. I want to be married to James and God says no. Why? Because James is not a Christian. It is outside of God's will for a Christian to marry an unbeliever. 1 Corinthians 7, 39, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. So according to scripture, God only answers prayers that are prayed according to his will. Uh, the same passage I just read to you, 1 John 5, says in verse 14 and 15, this is the confidence we have toward God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the requests that we have asked of him. So what you want to do is you want to pray scripture because God reveals his will in the Bible. So you want to pray scripture like the early church in Acts chapter 4 where they said, O Lord, you who said through the Holy Spirit by your servant David, and then they quote Psalm 2. And that obviously that has implications. It has implications to say if we pray this way, then um, you shouldn't pray for something that is obviously not God's will. For instance, Douglas Kelly, in a book about prayer, he speaks of his son when the son was three years old at the prayer meeting. The son prayed, Lord, please give slides to everyone in the whole world. Well, God is not going to give slides to everyone in the whole world, and that's not his will. Oh, Lord, please kill this person. He really irritates me. I wish he would die and take him out of my life. Well, that's against God's will for you to pray that way. Or Moses in Deuteronomy 3, where Moses pleads, please, I want to enter the promised land. And God says, no, don't ask me about this again. It was not part of God's will. So you can stop praying for those things that are clearly against God's will. And it, uh, it will actually damage you if God had to say yes to those prayers. 
I just think of a lady I know. She was engaged. She's a Christian. She was engaged to an unbeliever, engaged to get married. And she pleaded with the Lord, please, Lord, work things out. We're fighting all the time. Help. Please solve things that we can get married. And God said no. God actually changed her heart to start praying differently. Lord, please get me out of this relationship. And eventually she married a Christian. She's very happily married today. She's been married for eight years. They've got three lovely children. And I think in hindsight, she is glad that God said no to that previous prayer to work out the relationship with that unbeliever. Another implication would be that if something is God's will, very clearly, you don't have to say, Lord, for instance, Lord, please give me wisdom in this situation or in this trial, if it is your will. You don't have to say, if it is your will, because it is his will. You can simply pray with boldness. Lord, you have said you'll give wisdom if we ask. I need wisdom, please. And then another implication would be, uh, if you're praying for something that's not sin, but there's no promise in Scripture. For instance, the Bible doesn't say God is going to heal your friend John who is ill. The Bible doesn't promise that, but you can pray, Lord, please would you heal my friend John, yet not what I will, but what you will, as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then accept God's will if he says no, like he did with David. David prayed for his baby boy to be healed, and God said no, and God let the child die, and David accepted God's will, because God knows what is best, even if it doesn't feel like that at the moment. No good thing does he withhold from them, those who walk uprightly. The Holy Spirit is praying for you according to God's will. And God will work out the, these things for your good. Like, he, like Paul, God said no to Paul. I'm not removing the thorn in the flesh. But God knew what was best and he said my grace is sufficient for you. Reason number 10 for unanswered prayer. You are serving idols. I remember praying, Lord, I don't understand what this command in the Bible means. You... Shall not, you shall have no other gods before me. You know, I understand that Muslims commit this sin because they're worshipping another god, or Hindus, they're making idols. But how do I do that? And I asked the Lord, please show me how, how I have idols, if I do have idols. And God answered that prayer. Man, I had a class with Wayne Mack, a counselling class, and he, and he did a whole class on idols. And I thought, What? Look at this, these idols in my life. So an idol is anything that you lust after. It's anything you are willing to sin in order to get that. So you sinfully desire, Colossians 3 verse 5, covetousness is idolatry. So it's something, it, it controls your thoughts, it controls your plans, it overwhelms and, and takes over your whole life. Your budget, your time, your conversations with other people. If you had to make a choice between your idol and the Lord, you would have uh, taken the idol Jesus loses every time. So you would much rather follow your idol and do whatever you want instead of being with the believers uh, or having time in the word and prayer and, and honoring God and obeying God. So if you are worshipping any idols, then you cannot worship God. You cannot serve God and idols. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. Either you love the one hate the other or devoted to the one and... Despise the other, you cannot serve God and money. And God will not answer your prayer if you're worshipping idols. We see that in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, verse 13 and 14. The prophet says, Isaiah 11, 13, 
For your gods have become as many as your cities, O Judah, as many as the streets of Jerusalem are the altars you have set up to your to shame, altars to make offerings to Baal. Therefore do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or pray on their behalf, for I will not listen when they call to me in the time of their trouble. The same in Ezekiel chapter 8. A similar context, you can check the context for yourself, but in the same context, Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 18 we read God saying to his people, Therefore I will act in my wrath, or in wrath, my eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. Though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them, because they're worshipping idols. Go to your idols. So what God is telling us is, leave your idol. Leave your idol. Leave that thing that is standing between you and the Lord, and then God will answer you. Like the people of Israel in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 10, verse 10 to 16. So the prophet comes and he warns them. He says, God is going to punish you and so on. They call to God, please help us. And the prophet said, no, God will not help you. You've worshipped all these other gods, go and ask them for help. And eventually they put away their foreign gods. Uh, says, verse 15 says, they say to the Lord, we've sinned, do whatever seems good to you. Only please deliver us this day. So they put away their foreign gods from among them. And they served the Lord and he became impatient over the misery of Israel. So then he was willing to help. And then reason number 11 for unanswered prayer is you are a hypocrite. So let's say James, he really enjoys the prayer meetings. Man, and he's passionate in his praying. And with passion he prays, oh Lord, please help me to be holy as you are holy. And God does not answer that prayer. Because he knows that James is a hypocrite. He's not praying so passionately because he really wants to be holy. He actually wishes that the Lord will, the Lord will not answer that prayer. He's praying that because he wants, people's, he wants the praise of men. He wants people to applaud him. He wants to, people to say, oh, what a passionate prayer that was. And that's like the hypocrite in Matthew 6 verse 5. They pray for the approval of others. They, and they won't be rewarded. The only reward they have is the reward of people's praise. They won't have reward from God. So don't be like James. Seek God's favor. Seek the reward that God can give, not the reward of men or the praises of men. And then God will answer you. Reason number 12 for unanswered prayer. Your prayers are vague. I remember, and you've probably heard this, these kinds of things also, I remember a young boy, and he did it very sincerely, but uh, he, pray, he would often pray, Lord, please help all the people next to the street. And please help all the sick people in the hospitals. And heal all the sick people. Um, how would you see an, an answer to that prayer? Well, you won't. It's too vague. Why not rather specifically pray? You won't know who was helped, who was healed. Why not specifically pray for a specific sick person? And for a specific poor person? Reason number 13 for unanswered prayer. You give up too quickly. Now, I'm like that in general. If I try to fix something and it doesn't work, I'll give up very quickly. I'm not going to struggle with this and fuss over this. My wife is the opposite. My wife will keep at it until she gets it right, until she fixes something. And that's how we should be in prayer. Be like my wife, don't be like me. And when it comes to prayer also. Jesus told a parable to this effect that the disciples should always pray and not lose heart. Luke 18 verse 1. So if you know for a fact this is God's will and your heart is right with God, then you should knock until God opens. You should seek until you find. You should pray until God answers. 
And if it takes longer than you thought it would take, don't stop. Don't think God doesn't hear me. God hears. God knows. Exodus 2, verse 23 to 25. They cried to the Lord and God heard their cry. God knew. He saw. Even though it seems to you He's not hearing, He has heard. And sometimes He just tests your faith to see, to, to see if you're serious. Are you really serious about this matter? So, for instance, the Syrophoenician woman... This Canaanite woman, she called to Jesus and said, Please, my daughter has a demon. Please come and heal her. And Jesus ignored her. And she kept on crying, Please have mercy on me. In verse 23, Matthew 15, He did not answer her a word. And then she kept on asking. And eventually Jesus said in verse 28, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. And I think that goes for our prayer meetings also. At our prayer meetings, we shouldn't take this request and pray for it once and then forget about it. Stop praying. Keep on. Keep on asking. You know, I think sometimes we miss God's answer because we give up too quickly. Daniel kept at it. Daniel chapter 10. For three weeks he fasted. The answer was sent immediately, but it took three weeks before the answer came because there was a spiritual battle between angels and demons. So do one, let's, let's apply 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Reason number 14 for unanswered prayer, you are unsaved. I remember hearing the story about a deacon in England. And this deacon, when he heard a sermon like this, he thought, for the first time, he thought, you know, I have never, never in my whole life had an answer to prayer. And he realized that he wasn't saved. Now, if the Lord wants to, he can answer an unbeliever's prayer. For instance, in 1 Kings 21, verse 27 to 29, he answers King Ahab, where Ahab humbles himself and he fasts, and the Lord answers him and, and says, all right, I won't bring these judgments in your time. But that is not the normal pattern. The normal pattern is that God does not answer the prayer of unbelievers. Proverbs 15, verse 8, Proverbs 15, verse 29, speaks of the Prayers of unbelievers that are an abomination to the Lord. He turns his face away. God doesn't hear the prayer of sinners, uh, John 9 verse 31. Or those who hate God, they will cry out and not be answered, says Psalm 18. 1 Peter 3 verse 12, he does, turns his face away from the prayer of the unrighteous, but the prayer of the righteous he hears. 1 John 3, 22 and 23, that if we obey his commands, he hears us. And what is the command? You should believe in his son. If you don't, God will not answer so for yourself ask yourself are you unsaved if you are unsaved the prayer that God wants to hear from you is call on his name for salvation and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved that prayer will be answered so seek the Lord with your whole heart and you will find him promises Jeremiah 29 verse 13 and obviously you shouldn't just pray because you want to escape the consequences of sin like, oh Lord, please help me, please help me. And all you want is you don't want your child, your teenager to be rebellious anymore. You don't want your spouse to get divorced because uh, you're fighting all the time and you're afraid you'll get divorced or you're busy getting divorced and you want your husband back or your wife back. And that's the only reason you're praying. No, what you should seek is not just the benefits God can give, but seek God, seek God, seek Jesus. Reason number 15, final reason for unanswered prayers. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Uh, during the week when I prepared for this message, I listened to a Q&A. And in the question and answer session, a man asked John MacArthur, 
Why does God say no? Why does God not answer my prayers? And MacArthur said, you know, some of these reasons I just gave here, reasons why, but in the end, God is sovereign. I don't know why he's not answering your prayer. And God is sovereign. Now, perhaps you look at these, you listen to the sermon, and you say, well, reason 1 to 14, that's not my situation. And Job was like that. Job didn't understand. Why does God not answer me? In Job 23, I go forward, I go backward, to the right, to the left. God is not, I don't find God. It's like there's no answer. Heaven is silent. And in the end, God did answer Job, but he never had an explanation from God saying, this is the reason for your trials, Job. And perhaps you too, you will never know why God said no for a specific prayer request. Because the secret things belong to the Lord. We don't know. There's certain things we just don't know. And you need to rest in the fact that God is sovereign and one day you will understand why he said no. And for all you know, you might just be very surprised at, on that day when God shows you that actually I answered and it was a much greater yes than you expected. Like Richard Baxter, to use his words, there are millions of prayers that will all be found answered at death and judgment, which we knew not to be answered anyway, but by believing it. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we call upon your name. We call upon your name as the prayer hearing and prayer answering God. Help us to search our own hearts for any unanswered prayers in our life and to test ourselves against Scripture and then to find the reasons for those or in the end just to accept your sovereign will and humbly submit and to glorify you whether our prayers are answered immediately or not. In Jesus' name, Amen.